0: So this morning we'll start uh, week 12 um, of our study here as we are working through Capitol Hills course seminars. And, this, and the, the study that we're, we're working through is stewardship. So we've talked about the stewardship of uh, money, our possessions, our time, um, our vocations, our job, our relationships. And today we'll talk about the stewardship of our skills. So all of us have abilities skills that the Lord has given us and even that is something that he gives that we will give an account for So the stewardship of our gifts our our skill sets our abilities so this is the second to last class in this stewardship of this stewardship course seminar Um, so we'll just we'll walk through this subject and I just want to sort of hear from you guys how you you've thought through whether you have thought through even if you haven't thought through the stewardship of your skill set, uh, your abilities, um, as even those change in different seasons of life. Um, how have you guys thought through that? So, again, we've talked about money as money is given to us by the Lord. We talked about our relationships as even God stewards and gives that to us. Um, we talked about uh, that the point that we're given money and the handling of our money is to show that God is our provider that it's not our money that provides for us but the lord provides for us through the means of an employer and money which is given for our good stewardship and uh, how does uh, stewardship show um, or rather how do we show faith in our stewardship because the goal ultimately is not just to be uh, productive it's not just to say we've done A, B, C, and D, but it's to say, uh, have I been faithful in my stewardship of these things? Um, Have I stewarded them in such a way that shows that my provider is God and not myself, right? We talk about health, rest, time, and again today, skill. So what does God think of our skills, our abilities, even our capacity for those abilities at the time? Does it matter? Um, how we use our skills, our, our gifts uh, for the glory of God. Does it matter how we steward our, our skill set? So let, let me hear from you. Does it matter that, or does it matter how we steward our skills? Um, does that have any weight uh, in our lives in this life and the life to come? Have you thought about the stewardship of your skills as something that's given as a gift from God? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Any other thoughts? I was just reading a book called Serving Without Seeking. Okay. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. 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 And so, um, there's always a section on using your gift. So yeah. No, that's I appreciate your honesty in that. I think probably most of us, at different times, depending on the season, feel conflicted when we consider our gifts, uh, the skills we have, and how to use them at different times. Because it's it's not always the same. You know, different seasons. Your time is different. Your energy is different. Uh, your season of life with family is different. And so, all of those different occasions, there's wisdom that's needed to know how to exercise these gifts and these skills so yeah. I I can I can definitely see that in my own life. Any other thoughts? I wanna get a handout while y'all think and share. Yes, we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. But feel free to answer, because I'm going there next anyway. So. Okay.
1: Well, I just think it's cool, like, um, yeah, how does a Christian think differently about their school the system? Yeah. Like Jesus He wants me to use those gifts towards his purposes, towards big purposes, things I don't know about yet. Yeah. But if I just follow, follow him and trust him, and uh, like I, I went way far ahead and <laughs> looked at the uh, the table there. But like yeah, if someone yeah. has the ability to write clearly, God gave them that. Well, maybe it's because He wants them to write, and, yeah. and He has a bigger purpose, right. plan. It's not just random that right yet they have that ability.
0: Right. So, yep yep so seeing everything we have even our abilities or our desires for certain things right as given by the Lord yeah that's good so it's sort of stepping back and seeing the big picture there yeah that's good so to that that point you um, looked at the first question there, will Um, what does God think of our skills uh, our abilities our capacity and then what makes uh, the Christian distinct in how he thinks about those things. I think you answered that that rightly because, I mean, unbelievers have skill sets, uh, abilities, of course. Um, God is uh, gracious in his common goodness. He's given to um, all men the ability to pursue in some sense uh, the flourishing of human life, uh, the serving uh, of of one another. Um, But Christians have a different uh, perspective. They have a different eye, a different Uh, thankfulness appreciation and gratefulness for these things and they know that this is not just it we're not just here for our life however long that is right seven years 80 years 25 years 50 years but after this is something more right and so we will give an account for these things Um, we will give an account for how we steward our stewarded our skills our abilities all these things before the god who gave them to us right so When we think about this, why does it matter that we think through this in the right way? Uh, Something we consider first is joy. So unless we understand how skill fits into stewardship, we won't understand joy as God has designed us for. So a lot of frustration we experience in this life about the limitations of our skills and our capacity comes from a misunderstanding of what stewardship really means. Uh, a second thing we want to give thought to and to think about is uh, our treasure, right? So the reward of obedience and faithfulness, like I mentioned, what we do in this life matters for the next life. So let's look at a passage, uh, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Who wants to read 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 for us? Anybody want to take that? Want to read it, buddy? <laughs> as a representative of your household. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The younger members of the council did not. <laughs> what did you say? 10 and 11? Yeah, 10 and 11. First Peter 4, 10 and 11.
1: As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen.
0: All right. Thank you. So four things to notice in this passage, and that you'll see on your form as well, your outline for the class. Four things to notice. One, your skills and abilities come from God. Right. We, we mentioned that. Mm-hmm. We've been hitting on this since the first class Two, God gave you those skills for his own glory, not our glory, but his glory. Three, your skills are stewardship given to you by God for you to steward them well. And then the skills you have are for service to others. That's number four. The skills you have are for service to others, to God and others. So let's look at these one by one. So first. Our skills come from God. Uh, 1 Peter 4 says, as each has received a gift from whom God. So another way to say this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7. What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So it's everything you have given from God. Now, we may think that, yes, it's true that some things are given by God, um, but what about my things that sort of are innate uh, to me? Or what about things that I have to actually sharpen my skill set in? Yes, God, He gave me, let's say, my, my mind, my, my capacity, but what about things that I pursued myself? and things that maybe I didn't have the capacity for this specific area, but I pursued it, I went to school, I got a degree. Um, what about those things? Don't, don't I sort of get some of the credit for that? Um, the clear answer is no, but I want to tell you why. Um, so a jump shot, for instance, <laughs> Do you know anybody has a natural jump shot? Anybody? no except <laughs> so andrew andrew baby no. has a natural gut shot. <laughs> <laughs> writing skills right those things uh, we don't naturally have we have to work at those things um, uh, our our mind are being smart those things um, are things that we we tend to have to work at intellectual capacity um, <clears throat> But I want us to think about or think about a couple of verses that maybe help us to think through these things that um, whether we they come naturally to us or whether we have to work at them as both given by the Lord. So uh, one Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. 29, it says, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So you feel the sort of delight and the pride of um, the man, the, the author in, in this verse. Or in Exodus, God gives skill to his people so that his tabernacle might be carefully crafted um, according to his, his rules, his regulations. But he gives men the gift to do that. Psalm 33:3, sing to him a new song, play skillfully on the strings. God designed order, he designed reason, he designed uh, math, he designed these things for his glory. So when you look at meters, uh, I don't know a ton about the um, logistics of music, but when you look at meters and notes and these different things, even these are designed by God. So this isn't a separate category, but that's given by God as well. So God delights in skill and skillfulness another point here god's get, god gets credit for our success so if you think back to god's warning to the israelites in deuteronomy as they got ready to go into the promised land he said beware lest you say in your heart my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you, what? The power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. So again, not our power, but power from from God. God has given us power to even get wealth. Another point here. Your lack of skill is also from the Lord our lack of ability and skill is also from the Lord. So we shouldn't look at that and just and say, well, I can't do this thing or I'm limited by this thing. Therefore, Satan did it. Or therefore, this is some grave injustice to me. Uh, lack of skill and skill both come from the Lord. I think about Acts when it says that God has set borders and placed men at their different borders that by groping them, grappling them, they may find their way to him. Um, given by the Lord borders, boundaries, restrictions, um, all these things come from God. And that has to be the conclusion if we believe that God is sovereign. Uh, In order for God to be absolutely sovereign, he has to be absolutely sovereign over everything. If there's some category of life or even our own upbringing or abilities where God is not sovereign over, then he's not absolutely sovereign. And so the Christian can actually rest even in his limitations and his uh, smaller capacity to do certain things. When we can't play an instrument like we want to or when we don't have the mind that's able to, I don't know, put together Excel sheets at the drop of a dime, my wife can do that. I hate it. It just doesn't work for me. (laughs) She has that capacity, I don't. Um, So, but even these things we can give, not just sort of a begrudging, uh, okay, the Lord limited me, but actually a thanksgiving Thank you, God, for how you designed me, because even in that, he's given us each other, um, which we see uh, strengthen each other in those uh, shortcomings and capacities. Um, Where am I here? So with that, God has given some of us fixed limitations, all of us to some degree. Um, Now we have the responsibility and a joy before God strategically to work to expand even some of those, those things. So all skills come from God, that, that's the reality. Um, what difference does that make in our life, let's say, in, or has that made in our life this past week? How does that, what difference does that make in our life in this, this coming week? If You think about uh, every moment, the implications of your own life personally, how does your limitations, how, how have your limitations made a difference and how you think about God or in what ways do you think about God that helps you to think rightly about your limitations let's, let's think about that for a sec I'm limited God is God how does that help us any thoughts on that? Stole it from you <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I think about Paul, right? He says, I've learned how to be abased, how to abound. Um, and when you look at Paul's track record and the things that even he listed, he went through these hardships, these persecutions, stoning, um, blasphemy. Just all these things that happened against him. Like, I think just practically about his experience, and the scripture doesn't, tell us all of what I'm about to, to say, but I'm just sort of uh, speculating here, right? So he's, um, he gets shipwrecked and I, I don't know what, what that looked like. Was Paul able to do something that could have prevented or maybe patched up something in the hull of the ship or been able to, I don't know, put up the sail again. I, I, I don't know, but there's some limitation, not only to him, but to all of the men on that ship that was shipwrecked. When Paul stands before Governors, um, and he's sort of giving his appeal for his faith. Um, and, and even as, as, as we've done this, you think about could I have said something um, better to have sort of won this person to Christ or to made a very clear and good argument so that they would have seen, ah, aha, Jesus is the Christ or aha, that makes perfect sense. I should use my gifts to glorify God. Even in that, there's some limitation to one, our ability to change anyone spiritually, and two, to even give what we think is this perfect argument to win somebody over. Um, the Lord, even in that moment, limits what comes to our mind to say to the person, um, what we remember after that would have made, we, that would have been the perfect thing to say, but it's 30 minutes later, it comes to my mind now. Even that, those are limitations by God. So even even those things, when you think about your own life and conversations you get into things at work that you wish you had the skill set to be able to do um, more time, you wish you had in the day to be able to do things around the house. All of these things. We are limited. You will get tired and your body will shut down. Eventually, God's gracious limit. My son, his body shut down. He's sleeping. God's gracious limitations to us. The Lord is resting, <laughs> but we are, we are limited creatures. And so the Lord has given us even these things for um, thanksgiving glory, uh, his glory, and our own recognition of our limitations. All right, um, flip open to your, your, your handout. Um, so your handout on the inside right page, there's a little chart there that shows skills, how do these skills glorify God? Um, how do I use my skills to serve others? How can I build stewardship of this th- skill? Or how can I have good stewardship of this skill? So you can glance at that chart throughout the class. You can feel free to just start writing some things in there if they come to mind for you. But for the rest of our time together, we'll work through uh, this the outline that you have um, on the left side of that skill chart. So your skills exist for the glory of God. Your skills are stewardship and your skills are for service. <clears throat> so as we do this, I want you to be, again, filling out parts of that chart. Think of three skills that God has entrusted uh, to you. And then um, you'll see, again, there, like a hypothetical uh, example of a skill set with with writing um, just to give you an example of what that could look like. And then for each of your skills, write down how you've seen God glorify himself through each of those skills um, or how he could. And then um, I want you to write down how each skill can serve others. And lastly, how you can be a good steward of those skills. So that'll be a little exercise for you throughout the class. All right, so number two on your handout, your skills exist to glorify God. Now, if God gave us our skills, why did he give them to us? Well, as you saw in First verse- 1 uh, uh, Peter 4 he gave, us, he gave them to us to glorify him and if you look back at that passage um, and, and on the front of your handout Peter gives us two examples of skills he says now you can look at it on your handout or in, in the Bible 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. he says we speak using God's word and we serve using God's strength so that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Now, in a Christian church, that's a term we we use a lot. So we'll say, um, use your skills, use your voice, use your bodies, make sure that you want to glorify God. Now, what does that actually mean? So how would you define what it means to glorify God? What does that mean?
1: Okay? Nice. you glorify God him and All right. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with that. <laughs>
0: All right. Yes. Move it on. <laughs> right? So, yes, exactly. So it means that God gave us the gifts that we have, um, skills included, in order that we might glorify God, right? So here in 1 Peter 4, our words show off the wisdom of God's word, our strength show off the power of God's strength. And as you use your skills as God intended, it should call attention not to us primarily, but God. Yes, people will recognize you. They'll say, man, you did a great job on that project or that, you know, whatever you did, that drawing, that that song you wrote, how you played the guitar. But ultimately, it should be sort of deflected glory to God. Now, it can be easy to feel like uh, even something like our time is our own. Um, even easier to feel like our body is our own or that our money is our own. But maybe it's easiest to think that our skills and our capacities are our own. So there's, they're, they're so intrinsic to our identity and it can be hard for us to, to even put those under the umbrella of God's sovereignty. But far from um, us displaying our skills displaying our own worth, they're given to display the worth of God. All right, so how does this happen? How do we use our skills to show off God's worth? Let me give you a few, few ways that um, is uh, recommended here in this course seminar. Um, first, your skills um, are a means of God's provision. Your skills are a means of God's provision. Martin Luther put it this way, we pray for our daily bread at night, and in the morning the baker rises to bake it. All right, so he recognizes sovereignty on on both ends. Um, the one who the baker baking the bread and our prayer that God provide our daily our daily bread, our needs daily. Um, so our skills are God's means of our provision. So. <clears throat> So when God is healing someone, when when he heals someone through uh, a doctor, right? So we have, we were just praying for people this morning. We're praying that the Lord heals them, that he restores them, he gives them strength. Um, If God does that, uh, he most likely uh, will do it through means, right? A doctor, uh, an IV, uh, a nurse, right? So both of these are given by God. We, We pray and he could do it supernaturally, um, or he could do it by his normative means, through a hospital, through, through those people who are there to help. Um, they're highly skilled in different areas, and God uses those people and their skill sets to uh, actually answer our prayers, that he would heal them and that he would give them strength. All right, so we, we shouldn't, even as we pray those type of things, we shouldn't have in our minds, um, yes, we want them to be healed, but um, we, we refuse to believe that he can do it through um, uh, regular means, right? Um, I, th- there are traditions uh, or religious traditions that have these ideas that um, you just believe that God will heal you, but you don't need to go to the hospital. Uh, believe that God will heal you, but you don't need to take any, any medicine. Just trust him and if he, If you don't, if you take the medicine or if you drive to the hospital, then you're showing that you don't have enough faith in God to do what he promises to do. Uh, That's that's not a very mature way to read scripture uh, and to understand God's sovereignty. He does these things most often through second causes, through normative means, right? So both are given by God, and we'll get into that in a little bit how even the skills that he's given those doctors is the means of him answering uh, prayer. Um, uh, The second point there, your skill shows off God's skill. How? Well, because God made it. He's the one who gave it to you and he takes delight when you use it. So imagine teaching a kid to throw a perfect spiral. And as they figure it out, you take some delight in the fact that you taught them to do that. Um, not only because you taught them that skill, but because when this person discovered how, how fun it was to do it, there's some delight in that for you as well. Um, but of course, as God has created us, he takes uh, some delight in the use of our skills, our minds for his glory as they point back to him. They show off how amazing God is, All right? So that's a, that's a good thing third point here, your skill reveals God's wisdom and creation. So in a sense, skilled work is nothing more than the rediscovery of God's good creation. Our skills can be put to use to discover innovation, um, efficiency, proficiency, beauty, delight, um, healing, uh, or any number of things. And in all of this, we're simply walking sort of God's footsteps after him, if I could put it that way. <clears throat> so, not only is your skill from God, point one, but it's for God, point two. Your capacity and um, your abilities aren't to show off our own glory, but to show off God's glory. Okay? So, any questions or thoughts before we go to the next section? All right. So, section three your skills are stewardship. So if skill is from God and for God, then what role do we play in that? First Peter 4 again says, each has received a gift, or as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So what does it mean to be a good steward of the grace God has given us and the skills that he's entrusted to us? So here are some basic categories to, to think through. One, we should pursue excellence. So listen to Paul in Colossians 3.23. He's um, speaking to a bond servant. He says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Work heartily as for God. Work with um, the fullness of your strength and ability as to God and not for men, Colossians 3.23. So whatever you do, pursue it with excellence because ultimately, you're working as for the Lord. So <clears throat> the Lord gives all of us different abilities, jobs. So whether someone is sweeping floors, right, or someone is managing a, or a Fortune 500 company, or CEO of a Fortune 500 company, both of those people Ought to be working as unto the Lord because the floor sweeper and the CEO, um, they're believers, um, both recognize that this gift, this ability, this job comes from the Lord, and both are doing it uh, beyond their sort of immediate supervisor. In some sense, we have to sort of look past our supervisor to see god behind them as the one we work towards or we're working for uh, because if it is just the person in front of us we're going to be frustrated when they tell us to do something we don't want to do we're going to be frustrated when they as it says in first peter when they, uh, cruel, when they are cruel when they're cruel and unjust um, uh, bosses but if we're working as unto the lord it helps us to uh, work with all of our strength and all of our our energy um, Two, we ought to uh, invest in our skills. Like Paul learning to be a tent maker so he could more effectively plant churches, right? So um, there was an investment in some sense in the skill set he has um, and a growing skill set. And so uh, we shouldn't assume that education and skills are necessarily the same thing either. Education can help build a skill set, but there are plenty of schools out there offering degrees that don't actually put you any closer to having a marketable skill set. So some things to to consider when we're thinking about education and what to pursue. Will this education or pursuit of this specific area improve my skill set across the board Um, across the board of my responsibility, so to speak. Um, Keep in mind that God has placed multiple responsibilities in our lives, church, work, family, um, neighborhood. Education can help in those areas. So anytime education can help improve your faithfulness and multiply areas of responsibility, it should be deeply considered. Um, Another point, My second question about education, this this might seem at odds with the first, and that is how easy is it to get paid for the credentials you get from this specific area of of education? So some degrees, let's say a nurse or a CPA, are easy to uh, have monetary value because simply having the credentials has a measurable impact on your earning power. Others, like a degree in, let's say, creative writing, may well improve the value of your mind, yet not easily translate into earning potential. All right, so I think the most practical relevance of this distinction is that we should be reluctant to go into financial debt for a degree where it doesn't um, have a discernible uh, financial value. So even that we have to think through when it comes down to our education. Not saying that you can't pursue creative writing, but we want to measure these things and think through um, sort of long-term benefits. Another point here, um, <clears throat> for how long will this degree um, constrain my choices? So this is what I, so what, what I mean here. Um, we generally prefer to think of debt in terms of time and not money. Because of the nature of debt and the form that it it takes. So, we talk about debt and talk about, you know, I have, I don't know, student loan debt, credit card debt, mortgage debt. But what about debt in the form of time? So, the longer you're constrained, the more likely that your circumstances will change in that sort of time frame. And keep in mind that some opportunities for education carry implied time constraints beyond the time of the degree and the debt. So, in other words, if we're pursuing a degree that, I don't know, hypothetically, it takes uh, 10 years or, I don't know, five, seven years to, to achieve, to complete, during that five, seven year period, it's not only debt, potentially, but the debt of, it's not only debt of money, but the debt of time. So, time that can potentially be given to other opportunities to serve your neighborhood, uh, the church, family. So even that ought to be a category in our minds when we think about not only our money as stewardship, but our time as stewardship. All right, so both of those ought to have some category in our minds. Okay, so that was all under the second point in Roman numeral number three, invest in your skills. But let me finish this section with one last implication for our skills um, in in stewardship. A good stewardship says yes to some options and no to others. So if you think of Peter laying aside his skills as a fisherman to preach the gospel, that's true of our money, of our time, and it's also true of our skills. When you were a teenager, many of you could afford, many of us could afford to invest um, in pretty much any skill uh, because we had the time to be able to do it. We were a teenager, so we have some time in front of us. So we could pursue being a musician or being an athlete or plenty of other things. But most of us, at least in this room, we're not teenagers, right? So we're a little older. We're in a different season of life where we have other full-time jobs or families or um, maybe we're empty nesters, whatever these different seasons of life are. We don't have as much time as we did when we were teenagers to invest in things. That just means you have to be a lot more mindful with what we choose to give our time to because we don't have infinite time so if it's a b or c think through okay this is going to take this much time this is going to take this much energy this i just don't even have the headspace for so we have to really think through these different things with prayer and wisdom to see what should we give our time to and then maybe consider that as the investment rather than other things that maybe take more time or we just don't have the ability to do so that's another consideration as well. Um, yeah. i just struggling a little bit with some of the, the things that were said to yeah. somebody who comes from the field of art. Okay. Um,
1: you know, when, when there was like a job fair at UCF, and
0: like, you know,
1: yeah. they would laugh at us and say, there's no jobs here for you. Hmm. Um, you know, like, like
0: we have wasted our time or yeah. something. But you know, you know, art is like one of the oldest professions.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Why would they incur you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt? That that to me is logical. That's under, you know, but in we need doctors. Yeah. We need you know. There's a lot of professions that take a lot of time. Yeah.
0: yeah so so uh, yeah i'm not saying that we 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 shouldn't pursue those things but i'm trying to give us categories to think through as we think through what we'll what we'll pursue i mean i was a graphic artist you were my teacher so <laughs> i'm not saying you can't be an artist i'm saying um i want to give some categories for us to think through as we consider professions whether it's a doctor whether it's an artist or or whatever okay so. Yeah. I no. heard it that I said maybe if you um were provided with a
1: household that you were in full income or maybe you know somebody
0: needed to have that monitoring. Yeah, and and usually those sea the, the season of life probably I mean there are a hundred different factors the season of life, the time they have, the mental capacity they have, the school they went to, their family, their parents' influence, siblings' influence, friends. I mean, there are a hundred different things that influence what we pursue and don't pursue. So as we sift through all of those things, um, I want us to have some categories in mind to help determine what may be the best pursuit. So it's not, so the pursuit for Johnny over here is not gonna be the best pursuit for Kelly over here. But if each of those have categories to think through with wisdom, maybe it'll steer them and what would be the best for them to pursue according to all the different things the Lord puts on their plate. So all of this with wisdom, good counsel, and prayer, of course. So, But I, I appreciate that point, Sabrina. Yeah. Any other thoughts? All right. I'm- Oh, a few more minutes. Okay, so let's jump to... uh, Four. Roman numeral four. Actually, let me finish three and then we'll jump to four. I think we have the time. And this may to some other things sabrina mentioned so so between your 20s um there can be a uh, it can be a time or within the 20s can be a time of a lot of uh, decision making where we may have to say uh, goodbye to certain things hello to other things ditch certain things take up other things um so we've got more more or less time in different seasons of life so there are There are times, I mean, I think all of us have been here, depending on what was on our plate, um, but hypothetically, maybe a time where you had to abandon your skills to be a specific type of athlete. Maybe you wanted to go to the Olympics or the NBA, and maybe you focused more on music. Um, And then there are different times where maybe we abandon a love for classics and focus on jazz, and time where maybe we abandon teaching and focus on performance and so forth. There are a hundred different categories here for that. But here's a thought. Just because you can do something well doesn't mean you ought to do it at that that time. So don't let God's gifts become shackles. So look across all of life. Choose which skills you think will allow you to best glorify God um, across the different responsibilities that he's given you. Right. So invest in those. Uh, lay the others aside, maybe for now. Um, and. And trust yourself and your skill set, your time, your abilities to the Lord to make that clear for you. Now, sometimes we run into that we run up to the edge of our uh, capabilities, our capacity, our time. Right. So, your job or your parenting, for example, require more than just us honestly, or or more than just a sort of. Uh, casual and passive thought for decision-making. You really have to consider what to do at that time. So you've got two choices here, let's say. On the one hand, you can take limits as God's guiding hand directing you to something else. On the other hand, you can fight against those limits and strive to improve your capacities in certain areas with the time that you do have, right? So. How do you know which is right? And that's hard to say because not everyone's situation is exactly the same. It's good to ask first whether the responsibility you're thinking about is, is optional. For example, um, are we talking about your role as a father or your role as a test pilot? Clearly, one is optional, one is not. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a father and um, have some profession, but again, we're giving, um, I wanna give categories. Does doing the one cause you to um, neglect irresponsibly the other? And if that's the case, then you go with the one that is not an option rather than the one that is an option, right? <clears throat> or, or you pray for wisdom as you, as you do that. Um, so then it's good to ask if there are uh, another point here, if there are idolatrous reasons that you're clinging on to a specific desire um, rather than pursuing something else. If that's not the case, then we have the freedom to do many things, um, almost anything for the glory of God, as long as it doesn't cause us to violate God's good commands um, or uh, be bad stewards of those primary responsibilities that we do have. Okay. All right. Now let's jump to number number four. Your skills are a service. All right, <clears throat> so to round out this class, let's look at the last point of this passage in 1 Peter 4. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So that's not really how our world views skills. They don't encourage us to use our skills to serve one another. It says that your skills are about you, that they're about building wealth, reputation, power, happiness. But the Bible says that the true path to happiness is to be a servant, as Jesus ultimately, and then of Jesus ultimately, and then each other. Acts 20, 35 says, Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. So true happiness lies not in Building ourselves up, but spending ourselves for others. So I think this is an important point or overlay for this class. Okay. Um, so we, um, I lost my place. So, how do we decide which skills to invest in, which skills to lay aside? which will equip you to best serve others on your job, family, church, neighborhood. If God's kindness, there is, um, uh, if it is there, which it is, um, if it is given for our good in his glory, which it, which it was, then how do we see all the various things he's given us as um, given for us to serve one another for his glory? So how can you work as unto the Lord, Colossians 3, while doing anything? And yet it's probably easiest to do that in an area of life where we enjoy. Now, all that taken into account, though, Scripture tells us that enjoyment isn't necessarily the main point of service. Um, But but service is given to us for, for the glory of God and really also the enjoyment of others. Um i remember i was sorry just a random thought came to my mind i was reading a book by um uh, uh, j a or a j k smith um it's it's um i think the book was called on the road with augustine um and he was talking about oh no that's not it it's another book called uh, man man of the house recommendation really good book um in that book he was saying that 60 years ago when people would ask about Your profession they would say what do you do the question of do you enjoy it wasn't even a category it was simply what do you do well I work to provide for my family and the enjoyment of it was on the providing for the family and rather than the joy that comes from the thing and he was sort of contrasting um, sort of 60 years ago with today when you ask someone well what do you do Um, and do you enjoy it um, and they'll say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not really fully fulfilling and um, there are other things that I want to do. I just don't feel like I'm really sort of at the peak of my full potential or enjoyment or, or whatever. Um, and he was just, in this book, which I thought was really helpful, he was just contrasting that we seem to live in a time where our appreciation or thankfulness for our work comes not from how God uses it as a means for us to provide, Um, but in our own sort of personal enjoyment in the thing itself. I just thought it was a really interesting point that he made because I think I can see that even in my my own heart just in in jobs that um, the Lord gives this job as a means to be able to to provide. And so his point was, if I can get that money, buy bread and go home and put it on the table for my family, then that is my enjoyment, my kids eating, my, my wife eating. Um rather than on on the other side so i just thought that was a really interesting interesting point Um, where do we find our enjoyment in different jobs and again i'm making a point too that we should give thought to not only what we do but um, is there some um enjoyment in it i think we might be uh it might be more difficult depending on where we are to do work that we dread for the glory of god it might just be a stumbling block for you. And maybe you shouldn't be doing that thing because you don't like it and you're not good at it. But ultimately, um, how is God using this thing to allow you to serve others? I think it's, is, is the point. So, all right. So here's a summary of everything I've said as I, I bring this to a close here. <clears throat> so, so God gives us skills. Um, and he gives us those skills to show off his glory and his goodness. Um, What is our role in regard to those skills, to use them for God's purposes as his stewards? And how do we do that by using our skills in service to others? Now, the last couple minutes here, actually we're, we're over a little bit, but still I wanna sort of recommend you work through this, this chart if you get the time. Consider skill sets you have, consider how to use those skills to glorify God, consider how to use those skills to serve others, and consider how you can be a better steward of those specific skills you have. So just some practical um, homework for you here to take home and maybe, maybe think through. All right, I think I'll close there. So let me, let me pray for us. <clears throat> Lord, we give you thanks for your kindness to us. Uh, We thank you for um, the skills you've given us, the abilities you've given us. We thank you for the gift of work and and labor. Um, All these things you've given us, uh, even creativity and um, strength of hand and heart and mind are all given by you so that you would be glorified. Help us to be people who are wise, thoughtful, um, considerate as we think through what you have given us is we are stewards of these things and help us to give ourselves joyfully, freely um, to the service of you, Lord, and the service of others. And give us um, in that deep enjoyment. And um, we pray that you would bless us now as we go into the corporate worship room and help us to sing um, with, with, with joy. Um, even if the singing with joy isn't there, lift us up as we hear the saints sing together, Lord. Um, Feed to us by your divine spirit all the nourishment that comes through the means of grace as we worship together. And glorify yourself, um, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.